Hey everybody and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, it doesn't even have to be a leap at all. It can be as simple as taking a few carefully planned steps in the right direction. We'll share with you a process I used for starting my own company, and you too can be on the way to starting your very own service-based company. We'll work through some common issues that are preventing you from starting your own company and filling your own true potential. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with somebody who might also be wanting to start their own company. We aren't professional podcasters or videographers or vloggers or anything like that, so we don't pay to advertise this podcast. Uh, we, we all have full-time jobs within our businesses, and so we saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is indeed within your reach. And so just as our businesses have grown organically and because we provide great value, we hope this show does the same thing. For that to happen, it takes two things. We have to put out great content, and you have to help share our valuable message. We know many of you out there are on different social media groups for your various trades or crafts, and so Facebook groups, uh, notoriously, are begging for this kind of information. So as you see somebody ask questions about starting your own company or, or, or venturing off onto their own, please do us a favor and drop a link to the void in the comments of those questions. We chose to start this podcast soon after I started my very own company. I started our business from scratch. I made the decision in early 2020 that I would finally follow through with a dream I had had my entire career. I had been a plumber for about 20 years, and I had always dreamed about starting my own company. I spent years dreaming about doing something, but I wasn't really working towards it necessarily. And it wasn't until January of 2020 that I finally decided decided it was now or never. 2020 was also quite an interesting year. <clears throat> we were dealing, uh, well, the, the nation was dealing with a, a shutdown of local economies, and it put pause on, on many of our day-to-day -day activities. I set a goal to launch our business on August 1st of 2020, and that left me six months to get everything prepared. As my planning and preparations progressed, so did the pandemic. Not to be deterred, I pushed through with all of my preparations while the local economy seemed to be shutting down further and further because I was using my millionaire mindset. And we talked about this on the last show. The millionaire mindset is a mindset that you'll want to adopt for yourself as well. Let's talk about the millionaire mindset. Great point. Let's, with, with me here is David Hilton. Yep. So Glad to be back. He kept me for one more episode, One I think. more episode. We'll see it's, if I make it through. It's a show-to-show -show contract, yeah. folks. The producer gets to uh, decide that, so we'll see uh, We'll see what he says. But the, the millionaire, back to the millionaire mindset is not the mindset of someone who has made a million dollars. It is that of someone who is, and there's lots of different keys, smart with their money. Right. Thinks about the next step instead of, hey, I have this, I have this money, I can go do this, or, and, and get self-gratification, mm -hmm. or I can invest that money. That's a millionaire mindset. Right. What's another example of a millionaire mindset? 
the, basically the millionaire mindset is the mindset of a person who wants the money to reproduce itself and that they can live off the proceeds. Exactly. So in other words, you hand somebody a million dollars, if their inclination is to spend that million dollars, they don't have the millionaire mindset. If you hand somebody a million dollars and their inclination is to use that money in a way that the money starts reproducing itself, that is a a significant factor of the millionaire yeah, mindset. And we're not saying that if um, I gave Mitch a million dollars today, say he paid off his house. Yes, he's spending a chunk of money, but that is saving him interest right. down the road. And then he decides to do something smart with the rest of the money, invest that money right. instead of buying a Ferrari 488 or you know a Shelby Cobra. Right. He takes that money and does something smart with it. All of those decisions are part of a millionaire mindset, right. quote unquote. I hate to do that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 to decisions that lead towards wealth instead of being rich. Yeah, being rich is somebody with money. Being being wealthy is somebody who has uh, some some things set up with their money to where the money reproduces itself. Exactly. So when when we started our business, uh, you know, others others were forced to deal with all the bad news and all the closures that were happening and everything else. I mean, it was brutal. I was solely focused on our August 1st opening date of our company. We when we met our goal, we successfully opened our doors August 1st as as planned and we never looked back. Fast forward about 6 months, we had performed some really admirable revenue for a one-man operation in just 6 months. Our business had completely paid off all of the all of the startup costs and we were in the middle of buying another truck so that we could add another plumber. And, and keep up with demand. Uh, our business was a plumbing business. So in just six months, we went from nothing to a company that had value and, and had so much demand that we needed to hire somebody else. Um, uh, our profit was happening and our presence in the marketplace was uh, undeniable. And, and we also had a perfect 5.0 rating on Google. And, and in six months, we, we had 150 five-star reviews. We also became a dominant player in our target market area. Uh, if somebody posted like on a local social media group asking for a recommendation, we were referred at a rate of six to one over any other company in the area, no matter how long they had been in business. So we didn't even need to advertise. Our community loved us so much that they advertised for us. We even had people recommending us that had never even used us. They had simply heard about how great we were, and so they wanted to support us. Let's. I wasn't going to jump in here, but I want to. Um, you know, when people hear those things, they think, oh, so what? He got another truck. Oh, so what? He got one more employee. When you're starting out and you're just on your own, those are big steps. Milestones. They're big steps. And when, yeah. you, just, when you hear that, I don't think people realize how much money it takes um, to do those things in, in that particular field. Right. You know, and those are, those are big steps that anyone can take if they're prepared to take them. Just to give you a reference, uh, at the time I started our company for me to buy a vehicle and fully outfit it with all the shelving and all the tools and all of the material that it needs, it cost me $80,000. It's a lot of money. And early on in business, you don't really have credit. So your only way to do all this is with cash. 
And we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk, talk about, about all that, that in the future. For sure. However, uh, so we were six months in. We had already paid all of our startup costs off. I had paid myself a decent salary, and I had enough money in the bank to start. I didn't, I didn't have the 80 grand necessarily, but I had enough to buy the truck and then start working towards getting all the inventory and everything else. Yeah, and I didn't want to so, stop you on your run there. I yep, just you're good. You're I thought good. it was uh, important to bring up. Yeah. So, after realizing how successful our process was to start the business, we decided that other people need to hear this. This is solid information that people need to hear. So, I know many others out there want to start their own service-based company, but they have a lot more questions than they do answers. And so, we chose to start this podcast to provide those answers. If we can remove some of those unknowns and help clear your path, then you can be on the path to success. I personally love to watch others become successful. And you'll start to understand as you become successful, successful people love helping other people become successful. They love cheering other people on. Yeah, especially their employees. If you get, right. a, if you get a young man that doesn't know anything or just knows a little bit, and, and you've kind of, you know... I don't want to say like led him down the right path, but, but you've given him the skills to make it on his own and, and do well in a truck that you gave him. There's a great deal of satisfaction Absolutely. in that process. Hi guys. Yeah. Hi guys. Oh, oh. Robert Turner introduced me. Yeah. So, oh, so Mr. Man Mr. Marcus, he said, yeah. I, I did Mar- say young man. Yeah. Hi. Marcus, our, our producer who uh, is always heard and never seen. <laughs> he he would like to speak. Oh man, <laughs> what's, yeah. what's going on, Marcus? I think that's a perfect time to introduce me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And... So so Marcus is our producer. There we go. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> carry on, fellas. Carry on. So, so so Marcus is actually a videographer for our plumbing company, and he helps us produce videos and, and things for um uh for for the plumbing company. Um, and then we decided to spawn off and start this podcast. So when we talk about watching people become successful and watching people evolve, uh, Marcus is a great candidate to bring in mind um, because I have no doubt that one day Marcus will leave our company and go do his own thing. And it's going to be one of the greater days in my life because he's going to have done that through a lot yeah. of the information he's gathering from what we're talking about yeah. on the show. And, and lots of lots of business owners, um, when someone leaves, they're upset. They're mad. Oh, I spent all this money on that person, blah, blah, blah. Not all of them. Not all of them. But some of them are. And yep. a lot of times, right. as an employee, you think they're thinking that, and maybe they're not. Right. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, man, I, I don't want to leave because he's put all this money into me and time, right. and and he's going to be mad or upset. You know what? He may not be. Right. Uh, a boss, or as like I like to call him, a boss hole. That's that's an asshole who's your boss. Yeah. So those a, are different than what we're talking about. Yeah, here. a boss hole might take that approach of being upset. If you if you if you work for a good leader, they will be incredibly happy to watch you transcend to a different level. Leader and boss are two different words. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For so sure. um, the remainder of these first nine episodes are both a story about how I started our business as well as a blueprint to help you create your own service-related business. This plan will get your business from a thought to a real thing. The plan will get you started in the right direction. And once you've started, then it's up to you on where you go from there. 
My business was a plumbing business, but the ideas that we're going to discuss in this podcast will work for almost any service-related business out there. If your business is direct to the customer and requires a high level of service, then the ideas that we discuss here will work for you. You would just need to tweak a few of the metrics maybe and, and, and to line up a little bit better with the services you provide. So much like blueprints are successful and in, are instructions to uh, create a successful building, the ideas that we're going to discuss here are instructions that are going to give you the steps you need to start seeing profit in your very first month of business. I've been where you are. Dave's been where you are. So I, too, have spent many evenings wondering what it would be like to have my own business. Uh, I've also held the desire to build a legacy for myself instead of continuing to help build a legacy for somebody else. Yeah, let's talk about profit just for a second. You know, a lot of times when you're growing up in an industry or you hear from, oh, you know, I just, I can't pay that much for this. You know, someone's trying to sell you on a set on a sale you're trying to make. Profit is not a dirty word. No. You cannot grow if you're not profitable. If you're doing everything for for cost, you're actually losing money. Yeah, profit is the reason you would go into business. Exactly. If, if you if you can't grow, you're dying. If you don't like profit, don't start your own company. Yeah. And that's not to say like the only reason you start a company is for profit. However, Profit is what allows your business to exist, and profit is what allows your business to grow. And profit is not just your business growing. Profit is hiring another employee. Profit is paying mm. taxes. Profit is having enough surplus funds to be able to help your community in charitable ways. Yeah, or give your guys a w extra week of vacation off. Right. right. Or when uh, one of your guys' wife is pregnant, and, and he's like, hey— you know, we're in a tough situation. I'm going to need eight weeks off. And you're like, you know what? Why don't you take the eight? Why don't I give you another week? Right. Mm. You know? Pro profit is what allows you to be in the position to where one of your employees' grandma dies. You're like, take as much time as you need. Right. A good key indicator that companies might not be making enough profit is they're going to be like, oh, that's, it's sorry to hear that. So you're going to be a little late today instead of... Yeah, you and, know, and right. your that, normal start time. That goes back to bosses versus leaders, right? And and if you're say they are making a lot of profit, and your boss is like, oh, okay, I'll give you one day, and right. you're like, dude, I have to go to Virginia or right. I have to go to Texas, and you know, and he's like, okay, well, you know, you're not going to get paid. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. You know, even if even if that's in the guess what he's doing on the plane flight to Virginia. Exactly. It's just <laughs> he's looking for another job. Yeah. It's it just and that is the difference between a boss and a leader. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I don't want to drop any names, but a company. Um, I did heating and cooling for a guy who owned a major electrical uh, company in Kansas City, mm -hmm. and he told me one time the the most the best thing you can do to help your business grow so that you can maybe just be a salesman or just work on books is to take care of your guys. Yep. To pay them well, to give them vacation, because that allows them to work hard for you and they don't want to go anywhere. Right. Right. The, the easiest way, so when your business gets to a point where you have employees, the easiest way to understand how to manage employees is to treat your employees exactly how you expect your employees to treat your customers. Exactly. If you can, if, if, if you were to summarize how it's like to have employees, that is the one sentence answer. 
If you treat your employees exactly how you want your employees to treat your customers, you will always be successful. Back on topic here. That was well said. Yeah. That, that was, was well said. That was great. We're going to provide you a step-by-step process for all of the preparation steps, as well as some advice for, for once you're off and running. After you've completed these steps, you will be the captain of a debt-free business that has some cash in the bank and that's growing every month. The timeline for completing these steps will vary depending on your individual financial situation and your individual level of discipline. I personally completed all six steps in 12 months, but your unique situation will ultimately set the timeline. I'm not aware of a shorter process that results in long-term success either. Skipping steps will only hurt you later. Spending less time to prepare will only result in mediocrity. You owe it to yourself to do this right, and your future depends on it. Your future company depends on it. Let's talk about that just for two seconds. Yep. Mitch isn't saying it's going to take you 12 months. Nope. It took him 12 months to get through the steps for his particular business. Yeah. If you're in a different type of business, some of those steps may be quicker. Yep. Some of them may be longer. Yep. Okay, so don't think, oh, I heard 12 months. It's going to take me 12 months. Why? What? It, it could Not rea- necessarily. It could realistically take a guy 30 days. Yeah, just and, and everyone's situation is different. Yep. So yep. don't don't think, oh, I'm going to listen to this. These guys are full of crap, and it's going to take me a year to get rolling. That That's not what he means when he says that. And in all fairness, half of these steps are preparation steps, and half of these steps are beginning steps for once you're off and running. It took me six months to go through the first three steps, and those were the preparation steps. Yeah. And then it took me six months to really drive down our beginning steps and develop all of my processes for once we were off and running. So that's what I mean when it took me 12 months to go through all 12 or all six steps. Three of the steps are before you start in business and three of the steps are after you're off and running. Yeah. And, and the, the pre steps may be very quick because some of those things you may, you don't even realize you've done or have already. Right. So, so, We've split this. We've split the steps into two groups. We have preparation steps and we have beginning steps. And you can work on multiple steps as, at once as long as they're in the same group. And and so the reason for that is we don't want you to start working and start your business until you're fully prepared to start the business. So work on all the preparation steps. You can work on multiples at once. That's fine. Don't work on any of the beginning steps until you're done with the prep steps. So draw a hard line there between when you're preparing versus when you start. Um, this, the six steps that we're going to talk about are easy to discuss, but they require significant amounts of work and discipline. We've all heard the saying that if it were easy, everyone would do it. But what most people don't under realize, or what most people don't realize, is the problem with that is most people confuse the amount of work with the difficulty of work. They see a lot of work ahead and they just assume it's hard, but it's, it's really not. Um, it's just easier not to do it. And so nothing we're going to lay out in this podcast is overly difficult. It just takes significant effort, and some of these steps may take significant time. So it's going to take working while your friends are playing. It's going to take working when you'd rather sleep. It's going to take dedication and discipline and the ability to manage yourself. But once you get comfortable with all of that, you'll realize that the more you work, the faster things start coming together. 
And it just feels different because now you're the person holding yourself accountable rather than like a manager at your job or anything like that. So let's let's go over real quick the six steps that we're talking about. The six adversities. Yes. Let's, so the so let's go through the first three. I'll do the first three. The the preparation adversities. Yep. So the which we're going to talk about. In this one, the the personal finance preparation. Yep. Which is I'm gonna cover that later. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go over that. That's one. Two, business finance preparation. That is not the same as you taking care of yourself. That's getting prepared for the business to actually get off the ground. Yeah. It high level overview of that. It's gonna be like setting a budget for the business so you know how much money you're gonna need to start and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 And then uh three is systems preparation. Yeah. So systems preparation. There's actually there's a couple of episodes that cover systems prep. Uh, We're gonna systems prep is gonna be drilled into your brain until you're tired of hearing about it. Yep. We talked about it in one. We're talking about it in this one. We're gonna talk about it in the next one. We're, We're gonna, gonna talk, talk about, about it in virtually every episode All the time. because it is literally what determines your success. And or when failure. we get to the Q and A, a lot of people's questions are gonna be about systems preparation. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, how do I GL code this? Right. You know, in accounting. Yep. Where, you know, where does this go? That is a system. Yep. Yeah, so uh, systems preparation, a couple episodes on that. Um, the beginning adversities, and we're, we're calling these adversities is, is because these are things that you're going to need to overcome in order to be successful. So you need to overcome your personal finance issues in order to be successful yes. in business. You need to overcome the amount of work that it takes to put together good systems in order to be successful. So the beginning adversities are community involvement work. You're going to need to overcome um, the idea that in order for you to be successful, you must be involved in your community. If your community doesn't know you exist, you will not be successful. Community involvement. That's free advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. It's free advertisement. And yep. we're going to get into it in depth yep. in that episode. Uh, uh, beginning step uh, number... We're on five. We're on number five. Uh, so it's the second beginning adversity. Uh, and that is wake up, do work, and repeat. And a lot of people would call this like grinding it out. But I, I hate that word. It's it's an overused word. I it's, like it. I hate it. I and, like it. Um, I don't want to split wood for my fireplace, but I go do it. I go do it, and I got to grind through it. The, the problem is a lot of guys <laughs> clock in on Monday, and by 11 o'clock, they're like, oh, grinding it out for another day. And it's like, dude, you've been to work for like three hours. <laughs> like That's not grinding. No. Call me at 11 p.m. when you're still at yeah, work. Like, on Thursday, that's grinding. On Thursday with one day to go. Right. Right. So. It's it's not. I mean, I, I try to use soft, the, that's just soft guys. Yeah, I, I try to avoid using the word because it's overused. But uh, that's why I call it wake up, do work, and repeat. Because yeah. ultimately, that's what grinding it out is. Yeah. It's literally getting up every day, doing the job, and then repeating that every day. And it, let's talk about if you think you're going to get up. Uh, oh, hey, I made my business, and now I'm going to. No, I can sleep till noon. Yeah, I'm going to get up and work two days, and then the rest of the week I'm going to be off. No, yeah. you, you'll be. You want to be successful, or you want to be just a sack of, you right. know, whatever stuff. Right. I'm not. That's, that's, I, it's a podcast. I can say that stuff, but uh, I'm not going to. Well, again, shorting yourself on any of the steps will only result in mediocrity. So if you want to skip, wake up, do work, and repeat, you're going to be mediocre. You ain't going to make it, dog. Right. So, and the last step is evaluating your performance, making adjustments, and improving. And that's that has more to do with like self-reflection or taking criticism from yourself or from others on how you can do your thing better, uh, no matter what your thing is, uh, how to do it better, and how to how to recognize for yourself to do things better. So, um, I want to, I want to pause here for a minute and, and hit on something that is very common. We all know somebody who started differently and we all know somebody who seemed like they're kind of an overnight success. 
Uh, maybe they were handed a turnkey business from their parents or uh, the steps that we talk about here, uh, maybe they didn't apply. We're, this show is not built for the 1% to 3% of people that somehow became successful without following any of these norms. This show is built to to develop a lot of people into success. There's always going to be outliers to everything we talk about. Ignore those. We, we, the number one way to fail is to build your business around the outliers. So we, we just ignore those and, and we move on. Not everybody can be handed a business from their parents. Not everybody can win the lottery and just have all the money to start a business. So I want to I skip over all of that for a moment. Um, there, are there shorter paths to success? Possibly. But we want you to come to the understanding that success is usually forged through the hard path. The adversities you overcome forge your character so the hard path literally molds your success. So these six steps are really six areas of adversity that you will need to face sooner or later in order to become successful. If you started your business and you really only did two of these, then I can guarantee you're struggling because you're missing the other four. And you may make it. And you might make it. Okay. But, but you might not but be instead successful. But instead of the hill you're climbing being like this... It might be like this. Steep. Okay. And you might make it to the top. Yep. But you don't have to climb that steep hill. Yeah. And and so Preparation. When, when we talk about these six areas of adversities and understanding what they are before you start your business, the reason why is because it's really hard to work on these adver- areas of adversity when you're already in business. Yeah. When you're already handling all the phone calls and when you're already working five or six days a week, that makes it tough. So um, understanding that these areas of adversity... Uh, Uh, solving those before you start your business is key. One of the areas... Let's get right in. Let's get right into it. Yeah. So one of the areas that that people commonly mistake is an avenue to start their business... In a service-based company. In a service-based company is doing side work. And I want to talk about side work. Before we even get into the areas of adversity, one of the number one problems I see is guys will do side work and they think that it's helping them, oh, this is eventually going to start my company or whatever else. Side work might be a way to make some extra cash while you're working for somebody else. But that's it. Side work does not mentally prepare you for business. Side work is icing on the cake. It's not the cake. So... If you're looking for a way to fundraise to start your business, side work might help. However, side work can also be kind of shady. Let's let's talk about the pros of side work. I know there you don't think there are a lot of pros. No, there are. There so, are, but, but so the pros the pros of side work are you can make extra money yep. to build your preparation. Yep. Okay. Yep. To take care of your own debts or put money away to start your company. Two, a pro. You can uh, work on the way that you communicate with customers. And uh, what's a good way to say it? You can't. You can work on sales pitches. You can work on not necessarily sales pitches, but how to communicate with a customer. Sales pitches, the right way to talk to customers, the right way to bill. You can work out some of those kinks there. Now, are there more cons than pros? I Absolutely. Don't know. So, 
it, we differ it, a little bit on this one. We we do we do, and and that's fine. The the you can work on how to talk to customers through your normal job. You don't have to do side you can. work to do that. Um, you can talk. You can work on how to bill customers through your normal job. You yes, don't have you can. to do that. So um, the major problem I have with side work is because usually it's under the table and your employer doesn't know about it. And most of the time you're using your employer's tools and your employer's material and your employer's vehicle. If you're like in a mobile service business, um, like, like plumbing or and heating and cooling shady. or electrical. That's shady. And, and so you think you're making all of this money when actually your employer's footing the bill for the tools and the material and the gas and the vehicle well, and the insurance Well, hopefully guys and aren't else. doing that. So guys do do it. I they, mean, they do. I've they do. seen guys do it. So a lot of employers have a different stance on side work. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus doesn't Mar- do it. Marcus doesn't do side work. He's, he, yeah, he's not doing any side work. You he know, did call me the other day and say, hey, hey, buddy, <laughs> I got these cameras. Can I, can guess, I film something? Mark? Yeah. Do you need a video made? So, you know, a lot of guys, like like my stance on side work, I was always very transparent with my guys. And so if a guy wanted, you know, if his aunt called or his uncle called or his wife's sister's friend called or something like that, and and, and they wanted him to do plumbing for them, I was always transparent. I told the guys up front, if you have an opportunity to do side work, let me know. And and usually what it was was like, yeah, use the truck, use the material on the truck. I don't care about the gas. Use all that. That's fine. And then make a list of everything you used and then just replace it. Like I wasn't going to stand in the way of that because my thought was as long as you're not stealing a customer from the business, I don't really care. And if it's your aunt, well, your aunt's probably not going to call the business. No, She's wanting to use you directly and give you some extra cat. That's fine. I, I didn't care about that. And that gets back to boss and leadership also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and we could sit here and talk about that for 45 minutes. We're, we, not, we're not going to, but, you know, and and as a person that's doing that, as not the leader, but the employee, if they go to their boss and say that, they're becoming a leader. Yeah. Because they're taking personal responsibility for what they're doing. Right. Right. So I just I just want to be clear that side work can be lucrative. However, side work is not mentally preparing you for business ownership. No. Because business they ownership is much more difficult than doing work for your friends and family on the side. Yes. So I wanted to get that out there before we did any of this. That that side work is not preparing you, so stop lying to yourself and thinking it yeah. is. So it's gonna be best for you to listen through all of these episodes. Uh, these core, especially these first nine core episodes, and make a note of everything that sparks your interest. Because uh, the cool thing is with these, you can go back and listen to them again and again. It's great to have a broad overview of this entire process before we dive into each step. So it helps you to it helps you to know how each step works with all the other steps. Once you have a general idea of what it takes, you can decide if self employment's right for you. And this podcast will either ignite your fire to start your own company, or it's going to help you resign the fact that I'm really better off working for somebody else. And that's totally fine too. There's a lot of guys that I know personally that went out on their own and realized it later. Yep. Hey, you know what? I'm happier working for somebody and being a lead dog, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. And that's fine. Don't yeah. feel like you. You have to start your own business. Yeah. Business ownership takes takes being able to manage yourself. And a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people need to be managed. Uh, most people don't realize that the things that annoy them about working for somebody else are actually what they need in order to succeed. Most people don't realize that without their manager or their employer, they'll fail. So I, I've managed countless people who hated being manager. They may have liked me as a manager, but it, let me let me let me step back. 
I've managed countless people who hated being managed. Okay. They they may have liked me as a manager, but they thought that they didn't need somebody pointing out areas where they can improve, or they thought that they were doing okay. And so I would perform little hidden experiments with them, and I would back off as their manager, and I'd start giving them a little bit more room. Give them a little rope. And all of a sudden, their performance starts to drop, and I just ignore them a little bit more. And, and not, not ignore them in a bad way, just leave them a little bit more room. And their performance falls, and their performance falls. And I'd let it go for two or three weeks. And now their performance is really dropping off. And I would wait until they come to me. And they would circle back in with me, and they would say, hey, I'm not doing so hot. And, and usually they don't realize it's them. Usually they're kind of pointing the finger, well, I think, I think this person's not giving me good calls, yeah. or I think that I'm not set up well here and all this stuff. And so then I would circle back in, and I would say, okay, and I'd have my core areas of interest that I'm managing them with, and I'd say, okay, are you doing this step? Uh, maybe. You know, <laughs> maybe. Are, are you are you doing this step? Oh, I, I, may, I, I might be forgetting that one. And, and all of a sudden, now we're starting to realize that, okay, you need somebody looking over your shoulder and helping make sure that you're doing all of the steps in order yeah. to succeed. So um, it's highly possible that you listen to this show and you end up with a newfound respect for your employer or your manager. Um. All of those small details, uh, they account for resulting in success. Uh, so, so don't feel bad if you listen to this show and then you realize, hey, it's not right for me. Yeah, we're it's not, not for everybody. We're not here to convince you to start your own company. We're no. here to take people who already want to and point them in the right direction. Because it's not for everybody, but if it's for you, you'll be miserable working for somebody else. So let's go ahead and jump into the first prep step. Personal and finance preparation. Personal finance preparation. So um, we can talk about all this, and we're going to go over all the steps. This is extremely important. Yes. If yeah. you don't get started out on the right foot, you could be in trouble later. Well, and and if your personal finances are in the toilet, your business finances aren't going to look any better. So if you expect your business to perform well financially, and you need to perform well financially personally. Exactly. It's so, a catapult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the credit card debt, that's huge. Um, credit card debt has got to be the first to go if you're going to prepare your personal finances for business. Some of you might not have credit card debt, and that's friggin' awesome. Like that's great. Some of you might, and you're gonna want to get that paid off before you start your own company. There's no world where a high level of credit card debt is acceptable. Doesn't matter, self-employed or employee yeah, or anything. Yeah, doesn't matter. So doesn't matter. And we're not talking about the people that. Uh, use points on their credit card. They go out and spend two thousand dollars, and then they pay it off every month. That's, That's not, not debt. credit card debt. No, no, no. I mean, you have that for that thirty days, but when you start rolling that into month two, three, yep. four, five, six, then that's a problem. Yeah. Now, and, and, and let's let's say another thing. Certain people once in a while will get into. Okay, it took me a few months because I had something happen. Yeah, the furnace broke and it cost six grand. Yeah, and I right? had to do it because I didn't have the cash set aside. And we're going to get into that also yeah, yeah. as having savings set aside. But we're, we're more talking about the habitual users. Yeah, if you're of living cards. off credit cards and you're not paying them off every month, got to get that Self-employment is mm. not realistic for you mm. until you understand until that. Until you can take control of your own situation. Again, that's an adversity you need to overcome. You're not financial. You're not mentally prepared to handle the financials of a business if your personal life is living off credit cards. And this isn't news. 
Okay. Gosh, no. This no. is not. We are not the first person to say, "Hey, you can be successful when your credit card debt's taken care of." Okay, this is everyday stuff. Yep. Take if you're serious about having your own business, get your credit card debt under control. Once you do, eliminate it. If you need to get rid of that credit card, get rid of it. Right. If your wife has a problem, take it away. Right. Right. People are like, oh, man, I can't take my wife's credit card. Uh, yeah, but, you can. But Amazon.com. When she's asleep, go in there. If you got to take the computer outside and smash it, right. that just shows more commitment. Right. You, you've got to get that under control before you can expect success in the business. Um, vehicle debt is another debt that needs to be evaluated prior to self-employment. And this one, I didn't, I didn't say eliminated. I said evaluated. So this style of debt has a little bit more options for how you're going to work through it. The end goal here is that you need to end up with a reliable personal vehicle that isn't likely to need costly repairs and in that you're right side up in on any loans associated to the vehicle. So if you've got a $50,000 vehicle that you owe $70,000 on, it's time to evaluate that you got to reevaluate that. Right. So, um, you, you don't want to be upside down in your vehicle, but at the same token, you don't need to be driving a clunker that is likely to break on you in the future. You need reliable transportation. Yeah. We're not saying, right? uh, own it, maybe, yeah, own it or lease it if the lease is within it. Uh, you know, you're never going to see me frown upon a lease as long as the lease payment's not outrageous. If I you, hate if leases, you, if but that's just a personal decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like if you're leasing a good, reliable, you know, nice car, that's going to be different than like, oh, I'm leasing the latest 2021 Lambo or, you know. I don't think they lease high, Lambos. Oh, you'd be surprised. Do they lease, lease Lambos? Lease freaking oh, anything. shit, I'm getting a Lambo tomorrow. So, <laughs> <laughs> the reason I talk about being right side up in your vehicle is because your vehicle could be sold for capital that you might need in the future. So let's say you owe five thousand dollars on a vehicle that's worth ten. That's a that's a good position to be in. Yeah. Because worst case scenario, if you need money for anything, personal business, there's whatever, there's five grand right there. There's five grand right there. Sell the vehicle, be done, and you've got some money. Now you won't have a vehicle. You have to figure that out. But. Um, so hopefully you won't ever need to sell your vehicle for capital, but that that scenario that we just discussed is another safety net that you can create for yourselves while planning for your future. And a lot of what we're talking about in these prep steps is developing safety nets. And we're talking more about um, being financially responsible right. in your own area. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So um, um, when I started my company... I was driving a 1998 Ford Ranger. Okay. So this thing was 20 plus years old. Uh, I bought it for $800 and I called it the Danger Ranger, oh, as a lot of Danger people do. Danger Ranger. Uh, no one knows. We haven't said this yet, but Mitch and I have been friends for like 20 years. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I, sometimes he tells me things and I forget. Yeah. I remember the Danger Ranger. It, and it was a danger ranger. It, I mean, it was... It was reliable. You know what? It started every day. But I'll say this. It's a, hard to get stuff in a three-by-four bed. Well, and <laughs> it, and I'll say this. A Ford Ranger is probably the most dangerous vehicle you can ever drive in the snow. Um, other, than as, a, other than a Prius? Uh, well, as a guy who's fairly good if at driving in the snow... If someone reaches out and touches that vehicle a Prius, made a challenge. if you hit a Prius like this... It explodes in the cold weather. Possibly. I mean, it just, I mean, the only thing left is a 
is the battery. This, That's the only thing laying on the road. This truck didn't have power windows. Oh, I forgot the air conditioner about that was busted, thing. but it ran great and it yeah. required zero maintenance. Yeah. So I never concerned myself with anything. And then, of course, it was paid off. It was 800 bucks, right? So it was a perfect vehicle for me to have when I started our company because. Um, now I didn't, I didn't warn the company out of the Ford Ranger. It was my personal vehicle. Yeah, it was your personal. But there, it, it put me in the absolute best position possible to start the company. Yeah. Um, it was making you money without costing you money. Right. The final, the final subject we're going to talk about in personal financial preparation is mortgage debt. Um, this mortgage debt's huge. It, it is huge. So as, as we discuss this, um, if you don't own a home, that's great. You have no mortgage debt. That's fine. If you do own a home, your mortgage can be a help or a hurt, depending on how you're set up. So one idea to consider before starting your own business is possibly refinancing your mortgage to achieve a lower payment. Um, if Let's say you've lived in the home for 10 years and it's a 30-year note. You can refinance your home and reset that back out to 30 years. Doing that will make your payments much smaller. That's key because it makes your monthly overhead personally, uh, your monthly personal overhead much lower. So that way, as you're starting your business and you don't, you're a little unsure about how the first few months are going to go. Now your mortgage payments less, so your minimum that you have to pay is smaller. However, and this is where it's, it comes down to discipline. If you refinance it and reset it back out to a 30-year note, and then your business takes off right away, you can resume your exact payments that you were making before. And your mortgage will pay right back off in those same 20 years that you were going to pay it off before. So it takes discipline to do that. However, it's another safety net that you can create where you're lowering your monthly obligations to help better set you up for success should you need it. However, you owe yourself the discipline to come right back into those same mortgage payments you were making before in order to get right back on track. Yeah, let's... let's get clear here you cannot we're not telling you to refinance your house take all the money out spend no, it on the business i'm not talking about a cash out refinance. no we're not no we're not absolutely we are talk, that's not. why i'm bringing this up yep we're talking about i have a had a 15 year loan and i've paid three years of it and my house payment is three thousand dollars a month Okay, I'm just, this is just random. Just I'm saying numbers. Yep, yep, yep. $3,000 a month. But I'm afraid that when I start my company for the first six months, I'm only going to be able to make $1,500 a month. Right. Or $1,800 a month. Right. I'm going to refinance my house to 30 years so that I can, uh, so that I can get that payment down to $1,800 a month. So I know that, no matter what happens, I can make that payment. Right. Now, I think that the company's going to do better than that. Right, right, right. So even though I have refinanced that, I'm still making the $3,000 a month payment, paying extra right. for my principal, so that I'm not actually paying it as if it was a 30-year. I'm still trying to pay it as if it was 15. It's for if you get into a sticky situation. Right. You know, February comes along and it's snowing outside and I'm a lawnmower and I thought I was going to have more snow removal, but it's but there's no snow, but it's cold out so I can't mow grass either. But guess what? I refinance so I'm down low. I can take care of my obligations. Yeah. And then in March, oh, guess what? It got warm early. Right. 
Right. Now I'm mowing more grass. I can just jump that right back up. Yeah. And I'm still on track to pay the house off on my 15 right. year, but I just my obligation is lower than it was when I started. Right, right. So it's lowering your obligation while maintaining the discipline to go right back to where you were when the money is there to do so. And if you think that if you've done the numbers and you've done your research and you've gone through all our steps and you think, oh, I don't need to refi, don't refi. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you think you can make it and it's not an issue, right? don't. Right. If you, like earlier when you said and we were talking, hey, I'm renting. I don't own anything. I don't have an obligation. Then you're fine. You know, you're fine. Don't totally fine. Don't refinance just because we're like, oh, I heard that if I refinance, that helps me. No, yeah. you you have to think about it in a little more depth than that. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about the people that have the ability to lower their mortgage payment. Yeah. So let's say you let's say you just bought your home and you're already at 30 years. Well, you can't do anything anyway. So um, another another thing that we want you to understand. When you walk away from employment and you walk away from W-2 earnings, you're also walking away from your ability to borrow money. Banks look at two things when they want to loan you money. They look at your credit score and they look at your employment history. Okay, they want to, in, in employment history, they're looking at how much you make and how long you've been there. Somebody who doesn't make very much or has, doesn't stay at jobs very long, that lowers you on that half. Somebody with a low credit score, that lowers you on the other half. And if you're low on both halves, the bank's not going to loan you money. Well, when you venture off into self-employment, you are no longer employed. No. Okay? So Not at all. That destroys you on that half. You may have a 780 credit score or an 800 credit score, but the moment you walk away from your W-2 earnings, a bank will not loan you money at all. We call that buying power. Right. Okay, your credit score can be high, but if you don't have money coming in, your buying power is zip. Is zero. Okay. And, and, and no matter how much money you have coming in early in your business, a bank will not care. No. They will want to look at your financial statements, but if you go, say something happens, this and this gets back to the, the vehicle debt. You, say you had to go in and something happened and you had to get a vehicle. Right. You might be in trouble if you're not prepared financially. If you don't have some savings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, I've got to do this. You go in there, they're like, okay, well, we'll look at your statements. They look at your statements. Your statements could be great. Right. But they could only be three months worth of statements. And they're going to be like, well, it's a, it's a pretty running, hard lock inside or, of two years. Or they're going to give you some kind of interest rate that's insanity. Right. You know, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get you that car at 12%. And you're like. So. If you have credit cards, but they're paid off, that is one safety net for you. Some people don't like credit cards, and that is totally fine. Let's say you've already done the Dave Ramsey thing, and you're debt-free, and you don't have credit cards. Perfectly fine. One tool at your disposal to become your own lender for your first two years in business is if you own a home and you have a lot of equity built up into that home, you can do a home equity line of credit. And so what that is, is you're basically borrowing uh, against the equity that's built up into your home. Yeah. So round numbers here. Let's say your home is worth $300,000 and you only owe $150,000. You have $150,000 of equity in that home. Okay. So the bank will actually set up a line of credit to where you can borrow against, they, they won't let you borrow against the full 150 of equity. 
they're going to yeah. do like an 80% of loan to value thing. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. So it, it's 80%. Is it 80? But I was so, thinking it was 75. So like 80% of of uh, $300,000 is 240. So if you owe 150, you can do a home equity line of credit between the 150 and the 240. So between the 150 and the 240, you can you can set up a line of credit on that money. Here's the neat thing with home equity lines of credit. They cost you nothing. They literally cost you absolutely exactly. nothing. And you that money just sits there as potential money that you could take out. And if one month comes up and you need to spend $5,000 on a new furnace for your house, then you do that and you're only paying interest on the 5000 yes. Even Even though you may have a $100,000 home equity line of credit, you're only borrowing against the 5000 So that home equity line of credit can be a great tool or another safety net to give you the confidence to charge into self-employment, knowing that banks will not look at you for two years and you will have zero lending power in your favor for two years. Let's say let's say you don't want to do that. And you say you've crunched the numbers on your house, just like Mitch uh, rattled off, and your HELOC is 50000 it, it won't work. 40000 Say whatever it is. Say you don't want to do it. You could just save that forty thousand dollars and have it in. If you don't want to do that, the the next step would be you need to save up that amount of money as a safety net. Yeah, but that can take some time. It could take some time. So, but but everyone's different. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you already have that money set aside. You could. You very maybe well could. you've been working towards doing this, or maybe you've been working towards putting in a pool. Yeah, and you've been saving, and then you're like, you know what? I'd rather. Open a business. The, yeah, the, the key thing to look at is recognizing the bank will not loan you money for two years, yes. at least. And, and being prepared for that. Being prepared to either have that money that you might need or to become kind of your own lender through, exactly. the, through the home equity line of credit. Exactly. And you can do that with that. You can do that by saving that money. Yep. And we're going to get into you know business preparation here in another couple episodes about you know how to get money uh, coming in to do you know different things, but we're we're more worried about your personal yeah finances. The, and 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 again, once you step off into self employment, banks won't look at you. So if you're gonna go the HELOC route, got to do it he, first. HELOC is the acronym for Home Equity Line yes. of Credit, H E L O C. So if you're gonna go the HELOC route, you have to do that before you walk away from your employer. So don't get all hot headed one day and quit your job thinking, oh, I'm gonna get a HELOC and start a company. Yeah, you, you don't have a job. You can't get a yeah, HELOC. Yeah, you can't get it. Yeah, so exactly. You have to do that long before, and, and HELOCs take like three months to, yeah. to set up. So you have to do that long before you start your own company. And that's that is the in that is the point of these first steps is the preparation that it takes. Yes. Okay. You have to start planning early for yep. success. Yeah. You can't just go quit your job tomorrow and then think the next Monday. I'm going to be in business by myself. Right. It doesn't, unless you're just really fortunate and have a ton of money right. or have someone that's willing to invest in you, that's just not going to happen. Right. And right. we're, and that's why we're here. We're here to bridge that gap and give you the steps you need for that early preparation. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the, the, the HELOC is one option at your disposal. Everything we're going to talk about are options at your disposal. 
Yeah, it's you, not, you, it's get not, to, you don't have to do the HELOC. Yeah. You, you it's don't an have, option. You don't have to do any of these other than you have to complete the prep step. Yes. You have to complete the core adversity steps. Yes. So our idea is to give you options and give you ideas. What are, so I have a question about, so if I have a mortgage, no, say I don't have a mortgage and I'm renting. Yep. And I'm thinking that I'm going to buy a home in the next five years. What do I do? I would stay renting until you complete, like successfully started your business and plan on... Plan on renting for five years? Plan on renting for five years. Or three years? And or then what you starting think? your business and, and making that a goal that the business becomes successful enough for you to buy a home. And believe buy it or, a home with cash or buy a home after three years of, I, I of would, statements that they're like, okay, we will look at your individual money coming in and decide whether or not we'll yeah. loan you the money for a home. E- either which. And, th- um, and this is more of an opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm asking, you know, what what, what would don't, what would you, would you think? Uh, well, a lot of people falsely aspire to become homeowners that don't necessarily need to be. You know, Grant Cardone is one of the most successful real estate people in the world. And he does not even own the home that he lives in. He rents the home that he lives in. So you don't need to own a home. And like a ho- owning a home is not a measure of success. The middle class thinks it is, but it's not. So um, don't think that you have to own a home in order to be considered successful. You can rent for your entire life and still become a millionaire. So a home is an asset and all that stuff. That's fine. But don't really focus on that. I like that. So... Um, Guys, that, that pretty much sums up today's episode on side work and personal finances and the fact that we've recently been exactly where you are. So do us a favor and and remember that while you're hearing other people out there wanting to start their own businesses and you're, and you're, you're seeing questions about that, do us a favor and help share the void with those people. Um, we aren't, again, we aren't professional podcasters. We don't pay to advertise this podcast. We have full-time jobs. We just saw an opportunity to help a lot of people make, make this switch and cross the void from employment to self-employment. And, and we want this show to grow in the same way that our businesses have grown. And that's by providing tremendous value and relying on that word of mouth referral. So, do us a favor and help share this show with a lot of people that need it. Um, I'm going to hit real quick on like Facebook groups. We're all in Facebook groups for our various trades. If you do hair, if you do lawn mowing, if you're a plumber, if you're an electrician or whatever, those groups are littered with people almost daily asking questions about how to start their own companies. And so all all you have to do is just drop a drop a link to the show or drop a link to the episode and say, hey, these guys are really there to help you out. Give them a follow, give them, you know, check them out. If you guys could do us that favor, we would really appreciate it. So again, our goal is to get this message out in front of as many people that, that need it as possible. That's right. So, um, until next week, guys, um, um, share the show, help us, help us out. And and we will see you next time. Keep working hard, right? Yep. Thanks everybody. Keep kicking ass every day. Yeah, that's right. Get some.